For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 166. I'm your host Greg Troxel. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. Um, we have a lot to cover in this one. We have a pretty much on-brand loss to Chelsea. We have a, a we have some news things to talk about, and then we'll also preview Manchester United to close it out. But before we get into any of this. We have to introduce somebody very special and very important to this podcast. Is the best damn coast in the land, Elijah Newsom? How are you, my sweet Atlanta, Elijah? I'm I'm chilling. Uh, you know, I, a couple nights ago when Newcastle lost, well, the day Newcastle lost, a couple of days ago, um, I tweeted out that I hate all of my sports teams. They all suck. Um, it was a sad day for me because the Hawks had also blowing a lead which is typical but you know the hawks won tonight so um things are looking up things are looking up the sixers won tonight so yeah things are looking up shout out uh ben simmons all-star yeah he shut me up um (laughs) he did even though they didn't win but still that was impressive um he's uh he's he's apparently ben simmons is good also, just kind of wild, like for our NBA listeners, that like everyone was like, "Man, Ben Simmons is really good. Ben Simmons could be really good if he could only do this, blah blah. If he could only like be used correctly." And then it's like, "Damn, when a coach who's like good at coaching, not no disrespect to the previous coach, but like Doc Rivers is like insane uh, in terms of respect and just he's a good coach. When yeah. he comes in, it's like, damn, uh, yeah, Ben Simmons is really good. Yep, it confirmed." <laughs> Yeah, but um, it's, we were all wondering, but it's uh, it's been confirmed. You know who's not really good? Dwight Gale. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let we're going to dive right into this match. We're going to start with our three words, though, because of course, yeah, that's how that's how we do things. Uh, so after every match, we post on Twitter at chn underscore podcast to comment below with three words. To, to tell us how, how you would describe the match. And you always deliver, and we'll start with some of those. Don at Smick Ultra says, could have been worse. Uh, Eric Schmidt at NUFC Indiana says, never in it. Big Shell says, Bruce's bacon's burnt. Uh, Michael Clark says, gutless, heartless, passionless. Oh. Zachary Lever says, Gale was non-factor. True. Burnt. Uh and he has a um, dash in between non-factor, which except it's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, we accept that. Yeah. John, John Doyle uh, says Bruce must go. 
Javi says, genuinely missing Pardue. <laughs> and James Whitmore says, so bloody boring. Do you have any on on the from the main one? Yeah, Hoey the tune says, make it stop. Mm, it could stop. I'd be fine. Yeah. I think I think we'd let it stop. <laughs> Cancel uh, the season. <laughs> yeah. Stop the count. <laughs> yeah, we need to. Uh, well, this one was uh pretty bad. So let let's let's talk about the, the team first. The lineups we had Darlo still to, I mean Dubravka must be sucking to practice. It's my only um there were some rumors saying that he like there was a little bit of a bust up between him and Bruce, but also as we've learned, there's um, it, it just seems like anytime a player that that Newcastle media or fans think should be starting, the natural conclusion is that the only reason they aren't starting is because they've fallen out with Steve Bruce. When it's like time and time again, we've just found out that Steve Bruce is just like not the best at selecting a team, first and foremost. And secondly, just like literally will not drop a player until they make like an insane amount of mistakes. Yeah. So Darlow, I, I he hasn't gotten there. It's it's all it's just at a point where it's like you're not losing anything by not starting Dubrovka. Like, sorry, you're not losing anything. Like, if you start Dubrovka, so it's just weird mm-hmm. to continue to start Darlow, even though that's that's not the main issue. It's like you're. This is the only position where you could like potentially just do a swap and like things could marginally get better. Like, there's no other position where it's like, all right, we you know. Put Shell like put Sean Longstaff in for Shelby like a team will play better. It's like that's not a guarantee. But with Dubrovka, like there's at least a marginal improvement in across the board. Yeah. Um, after Darlow, we have Kraft, Lewis, Clark, Lascelles, then Hayden, Shelby, Willick, Saint Maximin, Almiron, and Gale on the bench. We had Dubrovka, Delmet, Richie, Maddie, and Sean, and Jacob Murphy, Elijah. Rest of the lineup. Any thoughts? I mean, it was pretty much unchanged uh, outside of, I mean, interesting to see LaSalle's start. Uh, that was a player I was not expecting to be back so soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Karen Clark, we expect to be back. So kind yeah. of the fears in terms of back line that uh, were floating throughout Newcastle Twitter just ceased to exist. Um, unfortunately, though, uh, Emil Kraft and Jamal Lewis, after having absolutely insanely good matches against Southampton, both stunk, so that so uh, that didn't help their case. Uh, but again, they they had tough tasks. Um, I mean, Emil Kraft asking him to guard Timo Werner, who has been absolutely roasting a ton of guys uh, and creating a lot of space for others. Or the since Tuchel came in, it, it's a tough ask. I mean, for any for any fullback, as we've already seen. But Emil Kraft is already not very athletic, and also just like his strength is not in man marking. So it was it was just rough. It was a it was yeah. a rough day for him. And same with Jamal Lewis. It's like we have to remember, as bad as this was, Greg and I both pissed, picked this to be a loss. So like you have to like Chelsea's still a very good team. Uh, they're they're top four for a reason. So like I'm not as discouraged as many fans. Well, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would say the only positive for Newcastle in this match was that there was not another injury to add to the list. I would say the second half was fine. I think, like, I think uh, NUFC scout, I think that's who that is, uh, or scout NUFC, brought up a really good point that, like, 
the second half wasn't too bad where Newcastle definitely should have scored at least one or and could have scored at least one in the second half and yeah. actually stuck with their game plan and neutralized to an extent Chelsea. Um, I mean, like that could have been like, I think in, in matches past, you would have seen Newcastle revert to a back five or just like completely throw their game plan out the window, but they came out in the second half stuck with their game plan and they really could have scored within the first 10 minutes in the second half. They just didn't, which that's been the story of, of, of Newcastle for the past three, four years is like not being able to convert chances. But again, I think that's a bit more encouraging. Um, and set piece is still an issue. Uh, like Newcastle had a ton of set pieces they were able to win, not a ton, but a fair amount, and they just were not able to do anything with them. And they also were not able to defend set pieces well. Chelsea's best second half chances came from set pieces. But, I mean, they didn't change formation. They didn't go to a back five. They they yeah. stuck with the system. They stuck with pressing. And that's that's a step in the right direction. So, like, it, it felt for, like, the first 10 minutes that, huh, maybe we can come back and – and get a, a, a smash and grab draw at the end of this. So, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the goals. Uh, first one, 31st minute, it was, uh, um, it was, yeah. So, yeah, that's right. Um, Emil Kraft elbowed Timo Werner, and he came back onto the pitch right after getting treated for that. Um, and he pinged the ball into this like six yard box from there. And Cardarlo was able to push it away. Uh, but, but the ball went straight towards Olivier Giroux and he just passed the ball into the net. <laughs> um, but Darlo had to make that play because Mason Mount would have gotten it and scored. So it was, it was a good play by Darlo, but like, there's just, I mean, maybe he could have put it in the ball in a better spot for his back line, but he had to make a play no matter what. It's just unfortunate where the ball ended up. Uh, so very easy goal for Giroux. Any any comment on that play at all? No. I mean, all righty. And then Timo was involved again. Uh, corner, unmarked, back post. <laughs> I mean, this is stuff they teach you when you're young. Um, that ended his 1,000-minute Premier League goal drought. So congrats to him. Easiest goal in the world. I mean, I mean, Jamal Lewis was like, just didn't even know that he existed. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty bad. Um, He's not looking good, by the way. <laughs> like, it's it kind of crazy because he looked good against Southampton. Like, he legitimately was like, oh, yeah. hey, maybe he's turning a corner. And honestly, like, even against he, Palace and Everton, like, was not bad. Uh, but he, he gets very lazy in defending at times. Like, misses, like, just stuff that you cannot at this level. Like, like the back post, it, like it, back it, post it, on the corner is like somebody's always covering that, and that's his spot. Like I just don't understand how there's somebody wide open on that. Yeah, I, I would say this. Uh, still fairly young for defending. Yeah, and told, that that's the big thing. Is like you have to like the other thing is like you want to make sure that he's being held accountable, and it's like I think the biggest difference that I would like I how do I put this without sounding like mean, but like, that's one thing that Steve Bruce, like I feel like it's not good at is holding players accountable, which again, not a really hot take. I don't know. I was so like worked up to try to figure out how to say this nicely, but like if you just, you just know that if Rafa was the manager and I'm using Rafa as, as the example here, because we've seen it, 
like that wouldn't like Jamal Lewis would fall asleep at the back post once or twice. And then if it happens again, he's just getting dropped. Like it, it like you have to teach that player a lesson about just the mistakes. And that, this whole season, Jamal Lewis has offered, you know, some going forward, but his biggest, probably what is going to be the, the big mark of his first season in Newcastle is just the defensive errors. It's just like small, minute errors that just lead to goals. And you just can't have that on a consistent basis. And if you do have that, I'm looking at sort of, I'm not going to say Trent Alexander-Arnold is a, is a error-prone defender, but he's not really, if you look at his defensive stats, shout out football reference for actually creating a, a really cool player comparison tool. Check that out. They're not even a sponsor, but we're going to give them clout. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold is like legitimately one of the worst defensive right backs in the Premier League, but he's also in the top 1% of every fullback in Premier League offensively. So if you're not going to be at that level of like offensive output and maybe Jamal Lewis get there one day, it's like you have to be a competent defender. You cannot make some of these simple errors that Jamal Lewis has made this whole season. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Um, want to go to quotes? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm, I was trying to think if I had anything else regarding match play, but I, I think if there's anything else, I could save it for when we talk about individual players. Yeah, uh, so Steeper said whether we were passive or just didn't come to terms with them well enough, we knew how they would set up, but they caused us problems and we found it a struggle in the first half. We changed it at halftime and we did better. We got after them better and right off and right from the off in the second half, there was more intent. Set pieces was a problem for us in the first half in particular. They had too many first contacts, so it, it's something we'll have a look at. There are a few positives in the second half and there will be times where we'll get unstuck I was far happier with the way it went about in the second half. So I wanted to comment about the um, the second half. You mentioned it. Steve Bruce mentioned it. Also, something of note that people don't typically realize, there is nobody in Chelsea's squad or that watched that match that said, yeah, Newcastle can score two goals and come back in this one. So Chelsea's not actually like going like, yeah, let's let's keep pushing. Let's get four or five. Chelsea's like, we won. So they're not going into the second half like, hey, let's dominate Newcastle. No, it's more like, hey, save your legs. We got another big match coming up and we're trying to get a Champions League spot. Like yeah. that's that's what's going on here. So, yeah, Newcastle looked better, but you have to question the intent on the on a Chelsea side that knows we're not scoring two goals with Dwight Gale up front or Jolinton up front. Uh, we're getting one. And, and at, at that point, I bet you if we got one, the match would change a little bit and somebody else would be taking more control. But a 2-0 lead at home, Chelsea's not diving burning legs in the second half at this point i think that's actually how you and i envisioned the 3-1 happening where it's either yeah. an early newcastle goal or it's like a new like a 2-1 goal and then chelsea totally. kill it off yeah so yeah agreed there but again for newcastle they would have in year in not in years past in matches past would have completely abandoned the system altogether and tried to do something ridiculous and they stuck to their plan and for to their credit it almost worked and again I don't know if I'm like super disappointed after this match. I think what really, if, if Fulham hadn't won like ahead of this, then I don't think Newcastle fans are all like doom and gloom as they were as much doom and gloom as they were. I mean, it was just like, you would think that Newcastle had been relegated. If you saw uh, Newcastle Twitter, um, which up for debate, but still. Ooh. Um, so I have a little update after 24 games um for our premier league seasons 
Um, <clears throat> the two relegated years after the two years we were relegated since Mike Ashley, uh, or yeah, our only two years relegated. What am I saying? Um, <clears throat> we had after 24 games, we had 24 points and 21 points in both instances, 24 points in the 08, 09 season and 24 games and 21 points in the 15, 16 season out, out of 24 games, uh, 2017, 18, 19, and 20. We've had 23, 24, 30 last year, and 25 now. Um, so right in that spot. Uh, but this is our second worst goal difference of any of those years. The 2015-16 relegated season was the worst at minus 19. We're at minus 15 now. Um, so we're right at that point, uh, like really close. Be interesting. Uh, another stat is... It's our 17th straight Monday night game that's away from St. James's Park. 17 in a row. Uh, we've had five points from a possible 51 in those Monday night away games. Um, the last victory was against Burnley in 2018. Um, uh, we've also sk- failed to score in 13 of those 17 games, including five in a row. So Monday night away, not good for Newcastle. And I don't know why it keeps happening. Um, but Probably Olivier Giroud got his ninth goal against Newcastle. Uh, the previous eight was at Arsenal, but this is his first one for for Chelsea. It was coming. I mean, the, the last couple of times we played them and he he played, he looked really good. So yeah, it felt like it was like he he should have had a his ninth a couple couple matches ago. Yeah. Um, he's won Giroud has won 13 of the 14 total matches he's played against Newcastle. The one loss was a three to nothing loss, uh, where Newcastle beat Chelsea three to nothing at St. James Park. Um, that was the only time that he's lost to Newcastle, so he he likes playing us. Uh, going to XG, um. Shocker, we didn't have a much a much of it. We had 0.43 to Chelsea's 2.54. So basically it's saying like three to one or two to nothing is what XG is saying, which is pretty much what happened. Uh, Elijah, any guesses on who had the highest XG? Maybe Willick? You're correct. Yeah, I feel like he had the two best chances of the match and then he got subbed off. So that was weird. Uh, a 0.14, <laughs> so not very good, but still the most of any... The only player to have over 0.1. Uh, and then do you have the best, guess the best XA? Oh, you're, I, I, I have no idea. I can't remember. Like, maximum. Okay. At 0.11. So what is that low? It's, it's pretty hard to guess. You could literally name anybody at that point. Um, Chelsea had 88% of the chances in the match. Uh, they had 18 shots to our 10, five shots on target to our four. Uh, they had eight passes within the 20 yards of goal to our one. We had one pass in the entire match that was within 20 yards of their goal. Uh, PBDA was good on both sides. Uh, Chelsea had a 6.41, really good, and Newcastle had a 10.5. Um, so really good for Newcastle and expected points, Newcastle 0.16. And Chelsea, 2.74. So clear runaway win for Chelsea. And that's what they got. Going to 538 now. Um, we uh, it's, it's getting a little dicey. <laughs> they still have us in 17th place, finishing on 38 points. So that hasn't changed. But uh, now Fulham's gap has closed. Uh, 
So they have us at 38. They have Fulham at 34 to finish the season. So they think we'll be safe, but we will be the last team safe in the Premier League. Um, we have a 30% chance to get relegated at this point. So not looking too great. Um, and last update before we go to players is the global world soccer rankings. We dropped four spots. Um, we are now 90th in the world. Uh, we have been passed by Brentford, Crystal Palace, Sassuolo, and Internacional. Yeah. 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 Let's hop into players because I got some takes. Go. Oh. All right. Um, I, I think the first thing I want to start with is that, uh, and I think it might is either Andy Musgrove or um, I think it was Andy Musgrove who pointed this out. When when teams eliminate Alan St. Maxman from a match completely, it, it's not pretty. And that's what happened with Chelsea is like, they were able to completely neutralize Alan St. Maxman. He was just not really a factor at all. Like he led an expected assist, but again, that's not saying much when you consider how low the number was. He yeah. just was not really able to get going until maybe the first 10 or so minutes in the second half. And people were like, I'm pretty sure he got subbed off too. And people were like, oh, why did you sub him off? And it was like, I mean, he's not being effective. So I, yeah. I get that he's our best player, but like if they have neutralized him completely, he deserves to be subbed off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know that Steve Bruce is not technically savvy enough to change the formation to maybe create mismatches elsewhere. Like, it's yeah. So I just wanted to point that out. I'm not going to say, like, he was a bad player, uh, but I think the worst player, in my opinion, was Dwight Gale. Um, I just feel yeah. like he didn't offer anything. And I'll put it like this. Like when there are zero expectations for Joe Linton when he gets subbed on for you, that like that's not good because like that that just means that you were bad enough that like if Joe Linton does anything good like at all, it's considered a good match for him, and that's actually what happened in 27 minutes of football. This comes courtesy of Tom Farley on Twitter. You can follow him at Tom Farley zero three. But I did double check this. Um, Joe Linton in 27 minutes of football had more touches, successful dribbles, ground duels won, and tackles than Gale did in 64 minutes. He also had 100% pass accuracy uh, towards the end of that match. He did. That's, He's finished 100. That's just not good if you're Dwight Gale. Um, I don't know. I, like, there's no way of sugarcoating. It's like you have to, to do better. And it's like you can't even really fault the play style here because – Newcastle were definitely progressing the ball of the pitch. Like they were trying to do things, but Gale was just like not involved when it came to that attacking front three. It felt like everything was still going through Alan St. Maxman and uh, Miguel Amaron and like Joe Willock as well. And Gale just did not seem like he wanted to get involved. And that's a bit worrying uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, he's supposed to be the answer uh, in, in the eyes of many Newcastle fans. And, I kind of said this to people and I, I alluded to this and I've said this maybe on the pod a couple of times, but the way this formation uh, is, is set up like that, that striker is more of a playmaker and Dwight Gale does not fit that mold because he's a poacher. Like he's not going to be a guy that you can really rely on to hold up the play, really try to find another pass and then make a secondary run. Like that is way more of something that we've been blessed that Cal Molson has the qualities of like the best qualities of literally all the other three strikers where he, he can play make like Joel Linton, 
which is probably Joe Linton's best strength right now. And he's a poacher like Dwight Gale, and he also is just physically strong and good in the air like Andy Carroll. So it's like in this particular formation, the best replacement is Joe Linton. It's not going to be great, but it's just better than any of the other options. Like Andy Carroll's not going to be able to have that that same role of being able to like hold up play and be a playmaker and make the secondary runs and be dangerous from the He's just not going to be able to do that. That's not his play style. And Dwight Gale is just, he can't be ours to do it as well. So, I mean, I think you have to start Joel Linton against Man U. Um, and it's, I think that it could, it's going to be marginally better, but I'm not going to like, I'm not going to say it's going to be great. Um, but yeah, Dwight Gale was not good. Yep. I would agree. Um, nobody was really good. I mean, nobody got a seven or higher in this match. The closest one was Isaac Caden, um, who again put in like a, a solid workman's performance, but nothing to show for it. Uh, so yeah, there's really no play. Like it was, just wasn't good. Like it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, you good to move on? Yeah, yeah, I'm good to move on. But okay. yeah, like so, I said, we expected this to be this way. I mean, can't I wait for this Manchester United preview then, huh? <laughs> I, I, I Manchester United are so hit or miss though like they're they're hot right now but like they're also that team at any point they're like the team like Everton when they come to Newcastle after being really hot they're liable just to have a stinker against Newcastle and just like drop down the table temporarily like that that's it's just the weird thing about Man U yeah uh yeah so we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna go with some Newcastle news and then after the news, we'll preview Man United. So we'll be right back. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toonami app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, Elijah, we got our first news update. Dun, 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 dun. That's my news. My news. Okay, that's fine. Is that good? Yeah, that's good. All right, let's talk about Daniel Sturridge, please. Oh. Because he's several teams are interested in him, and lazy reporters say that one of them are Newcastle. The he's Daniel Sturridge is 31 and then would need to take a spot on a 25-man roster in order to make the Premier League. Um, and uh the deadline for those squads came after this recent premier league transfer window closing. So there's no, you can't add people to that 25 man roster. So, um, it, and Elijah, you can get into the, like you can make like a, an appeal for this, but it's likely very likely that it won't happen for Newcastle, but the, it's like, if you sign him, he's not going to play. Like, I mean, I doubt very seriously the Premier League would allow this to happen. Uh, so it's just a weird rumor, and I just wanted to address it. Elijah, like, tell us how could it happen? Like, is there any possible chance that Newcastle could get storage, like, in a fantasy world? It's it's very slim. I think, like, because I, I think Premier League, because Premier League rosters are already set, I also think it's, it's very slim. Like, they could, I guess, buy out Christian Atsu's contract, essentially, Mm-hmm. And then that would open up a spot, and then you could sign Sturridge. But again, like there, I, I guess if you're comparing Christian Atsu to Daniel Sturridge, and like, should you take Sturridge? Because at this point in his career, Christian Atsu this just did not really offer that much to Newcastle or fairly any Premier League team. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's very slim. A lot would have to go right for Newcastle. Um, the, the Premier League would have to kind of rule in their favor. 
And, you know, it's just – it's honestly not really worth it. Um, like, I don't know if Daniel Sturridge comes in and is immediately better than what we have. Like, marginally, sure, but uh, he's not going to be Callum Wilson in production. I mean, he got released from a Turkish side. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know. You kind of want to stay away from players who were released by teams in Turkey. Yeah. Uh, so, like, there's never – there's not a lot of comeback stories for uh, – Unless you're like Kyle Laren or Papi Cisse, one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but they would never get released unlikely. by Turkish yeah. sides, would they? Yeah, but it's just it's unlikely that any of this uh, happens for Newcastle. But whatever, um, <laughs> I would. There's a higher chance Delinton scores two goals <laughs> than Newcastle sign Dan- Daniel Sturridge. That's how that's going to work. Yep. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Miguel Amaran now. So uh, we have our inter- next international break coming up next month in March, and COVID is obviously still here, um, and FIFA has put some new regulations in place to limit the potential exposure of COVID. So what FIFA's role is, it allows clubs to like it allows the clubs to prevent players from honoring national team call-ups if they would then be subject to an extended period of quarantine upon their return. So uh, looking at all of the lists of players that Newcastle could have to call ups, there's only one player whose club is in the red zone, according to England, uh, that people coming from this country would need a quarantine. And that is Paraguay. So it could be a situation where Miguel Amaran would get called up for the Paraguayan national team for their world cup qualifiers and Newcastle uh, they're playing Chile and Colombia, so two massive matches in world cup qualifying for the country. And it would be, um, it would be like Newcastle could tell Paraguay that we're not letting him do that because on his return. So he'd miss, he would have the two week break, which Newcastle's not playing. Right. But then they would require a 10 night quarantine uh, with no exemptions. So like, uh, typically in the past, they've had exemptions for athletes, none none in this case. So Miguel run after an international break, would have to sit in a hotel room by himself for 10 days. And then imagine like getting back into fitness, getting back into shape, the extra days after that, that's needed. So we could have, he could be out of Newcastle for about a month, but like miss about at least two to three games in the Premier League um, from coming back to that international break. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where I, I'm not really sure. There's, there's a lot of South American players in the Premier League, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see how teams handle this. I, yeah. I feel like the majority of them, because if you think about the players that are South American that are in the Prem, uh, like some of the high-level names, your Hamas Rodriguez, your uh, Richarlison, um, your Sergio Agueros, which I'm not even sure if he's fit right now, but we'll just use him as an example. Like those teams – like they are obviously much higher up in the table than Newcastle. And it's not the same situation where Newcastle essentially without Miguel Amron are, are a very like very much in a relegation scrap. Um, just that's just the way it is. But I mean, with, with Everton and, and Man City, these are teams that are trying to Man City in their case, trying to win the league and Everton in their case, trying to get a European spot. So yeah, I feel like, most teams in Europe and in, in England are probably not going to let their South American players go or potentially even in their African players 
just based on like this rule essentially requiring like players to to spend like three weeks, three three to four weeks just not being available. So um there's also yeah there's also another clause that's that's unclear and, and we need more clarification because obviously people that leave on international duty travel to other countries as well. And we have that with Newcastle's team. For instance, Jamal Lewis is going to travel to Italy for that international break, assuming he's caught up. Uh, we have uh, Kieran Clark and Jeff Hendrick will be going to Serbia. Emil Kraft will go to Sweden and Kosovo. Ryan Fraser will be in Israel, which is doing re- really well. So I don't doubt that will be an issue. And uh, Martin Dubrovka will go to Cyprus and Slovakia. So, and the rules are unclear what, what happens there. Like if they travel to one of a country that happens to be in the red list, are they, do they have to get a 10 day quarantine now? So it, like FIFA needs to come up with rules around that too. Like, is it any country that they're just traveling in? Or is it if they just, I mean, I'm assuming it would be any country, but the rules are unclear to that. So I know the clubs are still asking like, what is the best, like, what does this mean? Um, and I don't know. I, the only one I know is definitely not in the red is Israel. Cause they have like very low COVID numbers now. And like over 60% of the country has been vaccinated. So New Zealand, um, there you go. Yeah. Well, no one's we going, don't, we don't, we don't have any like Australian or New Zealand players in the, yeah. like in, at Newcastle and probably even in the prem right now. Yeah. But yeah. I, 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 I foresee like this, this being a thing where I don't think any premier league players are going to be going to South America. Yeah, I could see Probably Europe not. just because like it's the UK, but South America, even the United States, maybe um, we'll see because of who they're playing uh, in this next international break. I'm pretty sure they're playing a couple of CONCACAF teams. I, I, I'm not going to even pretend like I know who they're playing, but United States. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like um, or they might be doing a European camp. If they're doing a European camp, then it's probably not going to be. But I think they haven't even announced it yet, if I remember correctly. Um, I, I maybe Mexico. Oh yeah, they're playing Northern Ireland. Oh, they're playing Jamal Lewis. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So with American players, which again does not affect Newcastle anymore. R.I.P. DeAndre Edlin. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting one. Um, for sure. I'm sure Wolves are paying attention to this as well with like a, a good number of their players being Mexican. So, um, but also like Mexico is just not in the same situation as like Paraguay where Paraguay legitimately has to fight for world cup qualification and Mexico just is like bullying. So yeah, we're chilling. Uh, yeah. Another update is Salomon Rondon. He has a new club. He, he agreed to a loan move from Dalian pro in China to CSKA Moscow. Uh, for the remainder of this season, this is his third time in Russia. He played for Ruben Kazan and Zenit St. Petersburg, uh, but Moscow is second on the table, four points behind Zenit, his former club. So good luck to Rondon in Ruska. Any any comments there? Shout out to him. Uh, I'm sure he's uh, he's playing for a, an opportunity to to sign somewhere else, obviously. Show yeah. still got it. I mean, there's no reason for him to be in China anymore, especially with Rafa gone. So, yeah. Um, and last thing to cover on the new side, uh, Alan Shearer interviewed Kevin Keegan on the Athletic. My it God, was one for the ages. You need to like need to get a subscription just for this article. But um, I I'll think be- it's unlocked, by the way. But 
Oh, it's unlocked. Buys it. Yeah, I think it's this is unlocked. Oh, so then like if you haven't, so this is a big deal. I mean, it's Alan Shearer and Kevin Keegan, so I feel yeah. like this was unlocked. Yeah. Um. So, um, some of the quotes uh, <laughs> was the best day that they'll they'll have is when he sells the club because anybody, and I mean anybody, can run it better. It cannot be worse run than it is. You can work as hard as you like on a football field, but if everything else is not right then it filters through. I always watch them and there's a strange part of you that wants them to do well. And another part of you that doesn't. The problem with Mike Ashley is that he doesn't, he didn't know what he was buying. He doesn't get it. He should, he should employ people who do. He just needs to put bright people in charge. It just needs running. It needs direction, leadership. It needs understanding of what it is. It needs some care. Uh, that's just some 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 of the quotes from Keegan, uh, like well worth a lot of the quotes from what Alan said. Uh, I mean, it, it's 100% need to read it. Um, yeah. Also, uh, if you are, you know, bored with this podcast after you listen to it, like, oh, man, that was cool. But I want to listen to more stuff. Uh, listen to Pot on the Time. They, they just had Alan Shearer on. So uh, shout out to him. He talks about the Kevin Keegan interview. So it, it's a yeah. good listen. Um, and support our friends, Chris and George and Taylor. So shout out to them. Yeah. And now if you guys can return it, that'd be great. Um, so yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk, let's talk about, uh, Manchester United. Oh no, let's take a break. I'm tired. Yeah. We should probably take a break. Yeah. yeah I'm tired. I'm tired. Yep. Yeah, sure. All right. That's why we take breaks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, Newcastle, Man United, match for the ages, what the people have been waiting for for generations. Um, and they're really close on the table too. Newcastle sitting in 17th, Manchester City. I mentioned, oh, sorry, Manchester United yeah. uh, sitting in second behind me. Don't 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 offend the Manchester City people by yeah by calling them Manchester United. the low life that is Man United. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, a big gap in class here, these two sides, and you have Manchester United who is you know, in a pretty good spot in Newcastle who's fighting for the life. Thank God that Burnley and Fulham drew today uh, in today's match. Cause that puts Newcastle with a little bit more of a gap, but uh, some injury updates to start. It looks like Jeff Hendrick will return. Oh, uh, well, he will return. Cause he had one match ban, right? but awful. Um, yeah, I know it's terrible news, but Fabian share Javier Minkio and Callum Wilson will probably not be playing. Um, one thing of note, it will be interesting to see what Manchester United do because, uh, they are playing, uh, on Thursday in the Europa league against Porto, um, in Torino. Um, so naturally, so it'll be interesting to see what squad, uh, I pretty much have no clue what Manchester United are going to do. Yeah. That situation, but Elijah, break it down. What will Newcastle do? Line it up. There's no reason. I, I feel like Jeff Hendrick doesn't really have a place in this team anymore. Um, like you, you would you would think that 
Uh, but Joe Willock is like, just, he's been good. So like you, like it's tough to drop him. John Joe Shelby. And like, Real when quick, you, I just to correct myself, it's Real Sociedad. I don't know why I said Porto. Oh yeah. I don't know why you, I mean, who, it's Europa league. It's irrelevant. So um, <laughs> it's not like, we're going to be, we're being real. Like no one cares about Europa league. I mean, I would care if Newcastle were in it. Yeah. 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 If, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like the midfield right now seems set. Like I feel like Steve Bruce is in love with Jojo Shelby. Um, there really is not another player that can anchor the midfield like Isaac Hayden. Like they've tried other players. Jeff Hendrick would probably be the best, probably best case replacement. But like if Isaac Hayden's fit and Jojo Shelby's fit, they're starting. And Joe Willock has been good. Uh, so it's it's going to be tough to imagine Jeff Hendrick starting over them. But it is Steve Bruce, so it could happen. Uh, I, I think that Alan St. Maximin starts. Miguel Miron, he starts. Joel Linton probably starts. Um, I whisper that. Uh, I feel like the way that Steve Bruce is handling this is that each player is going to get a start uh, until one of them does really well. So, like, if, if nothing happens, Andy Carroll will start the next match. <laughs> yeah. Just rotate. Um, until- I, like that. Like I'm. Like it sounds ridiculous and sounds like a joke, but when you think about it, it sounds like it's that's what Steve Bruce would do. It's like I don't mind that. I mean, I don't mind it either because it really does. Like in theory, it, like they should all try to like ball out in order to to earn that cement themselves as like the guy that's going to be the one starting for the next six or seven matches in this crucial stretch of matches. So I don't hate it at all. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so sure. Why not let him duke it out? Uh, so I, I think Joel Linton will be up next just based mm-hmm. on the fact he got subbed on first and he actually played. Okay. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, he was, he was, he was solid. Um, back line's probably not going to change. Uh, and for the love of God, I hope Dubrovka starts. This feels like a, a match where Dubrovka should start, but Carl Darlow will start. <laughs> that's what's going to happen is Carl Darlow will start. Uh, and so um, don't get too excited um, because Carl Darlow will be in goal. His distribution is just so bad that it's like, I don't know. And everyone's like, there must be something called like that Dubrovka is doing in training that might not be as good as Darlow. And I'm like, no, it's just Steve Bruce. Like he gets into these patterns and like, if he likes the guy, he's just going to start him until they like massively mess up. <laughs> that's just, that's been like, you can literally just look at the past, year and a half of Steve Bruce and see like that's how he operates he's a simple man yeah uh going to Manchester United side players look out for you got to start with Bruno Fernandez no right uh, Marcus Rashford I'm gonna say he's the best uh midfielder of the Prem I yeah, don't say that but some say that he's good um Marcus Definitely Rashford top five Saka I mean who else? Harry Maguire. Anthony Martial. Yeah, I mean, it's just Paul Pogba. Like, well, how is he, like, sixth on our list? Uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh, Cavani, which I actually think he's injured, but he's Nick still... Like... Fosu Mensah. Yeah, I mean, come on, Fred. I think Pog- Pogba's injured, so we don't have to worry about Pogba. Okay, okay. So that's yeah. good. That's good. <laughs> it's not good, but, like, it's good, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We got the wrong Swede. They got Victor Lindelof. We got Emil Kraft. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like we were going to get Lindelof, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Elijah, one of those things. Uh, serious question, though. What do we okay. have to do? What are we, we going to do to win? I mean, it, it's how do you guys win this game? 
It's it's a weird one because I think you're right. I think there's got to be a little bit of uh, rotation. Um, like there just has to be uh, at a certain point, unless they um, use the Europa League game to rotate. Which, because they do play Real Sociedad tomorrow. I mean, I don't know. It's I I feel like I don't know. Uh, it's a weird one because um, they do. It's that is weird. I don't know what they'll do. Uh, I think there's going to be I, like given how many players are on that team, similar to kind of what Chelsea's done. They have the ability to kind of take these next three matches and play like four or five studs and then rotate everyone else. And then the next match play four or five different studs and rotate everyone yeah. else. And, like it's just like, that's Chelsea, just like with Chelsea. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly what Chelsea like sitting on the bench. Like, yeah, which that was a terrible example because Christian Pulisic just like has not really featured under Tuchel, but that like, but yeah, just, I mean, but they just have that ready whenever. Yeah. They... Or Ziyech who just didn't play at all against Newcastle yeah. and he's really good. So, um, but yeah, so I think you kind of stick with the Chelsea game plan kind of going to this. I wouldn't say for us expecting a loss, but I would go into this expecting a loss. Think about it. Uh, New Manchester United's last match out. Um, they couldn't put West Brom away. West Brom scored early. They scored in the second minute. And, uh, like, there was just really no answer. Like, they they dominated the match, Manchester United, but they could not, for the life of them, put away more than one chance. So there's a, there's a, there's a potential that Newcastle could draw. Uh, and so I feel like you just kind of stick with the game plan that's been working the past couple of matches, allow players to get more comfortable with it. Again, Newcastle created chances. They had they only lost the shots on target game by you know one shot. It was four to five against Chelsea. So, and Chelsea's a good team with attacking talent. So I, I don't know. I feel like you kind of roll with the roll with the same thing and hope for the best. And maybe you nick a draw. And best case scenario, Matty Longstaff gets subbed on in the seventieth minute and scores a goal, and it's one nil. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what I was gonna say. It's like make shorten the game and get your get your luck, like make it happen. Um, yeah. That's, that's what I would say. <laughs> Nothing really add here. Yeah. Uh, I like a, a typical, beautiful Rafa Benitez bunker five, four, one would be beautiful, but they're uh, not going to do that. They, no. I think Steve Bruce is like for the sake no. of his own sanity, not going to go with the five at the back formation, because at this point, I think he is just content with the fact that like, I wouldn't say content with the fact, but I would say that he's recognized that he has attacking talent and like he's probably better off allowing them to attack and then giving up two to three goals and seeing if they can make up the difference rather than not at all putting themselves in a position to score any sort of goals and losing a match one nothing. Yeah. Which I feel like that's what Newcastle fans want. Um and it's like it's not like the five in the back has helped Newcastle this season. As you said, our goal differential is not great. So um yeah go for it uh let's go for four four two diamond yeah uh elijah uh well i'll do my prediction first i'll, I'll say uh i'll say two nothing uh men united uh 538 says that there's an 80 percent chance uh, that manchester united will win 80 percent a 14 percent chance that there's a draw and a six percent chance that newcastle will win um yeah, that's, I mean, that's the biggest in the Premier League uh, for any of these matches. So, yeah, I'm going another 2-0 loss for Newcastle. What do you got? 
One one draw. <laughs> I'm just feeling it. I'm just keeping feeling us it. afloat bit by bit. You you've been right on these feels though, so I, I no, like. Don't it. say that because now I feel bad. But no, I might, I might I hammer just, hammer money on the draw here and see what happens. It's just it's I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't say main. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not going to say main United are frauds, but like their run of form. The Liverpool match is the only one that's impressive. I'll just say that. Like, they beat Wolves. Cool. Beat Aston Villa. That's actually decently impressive this season. Lost to Man City. Beat Watford. Expected. one nothing. Beat Burnley. one nothing. Drew with Liverpool. 0-0. Beat Fulham. 2-1. Beat she- Lost to Sheffield. Sorry. 2-1. Beat Liverpool. 3-2. Again, that's impressive. I'll give you the Liverpool. 3-2. No, no to Arsenal. Arsenal are garbage. So, like, that's not good. They smoked Southampton, and we know how that happened. Like, again, impressive, but also you played up two men for the majority of the match. Beat West Ham by one. Drew with Everton. Everton are – Newcastle beat Everton. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, and Drew with West Brom. So, it's like – yeah, it's deceiving. It's like – and even Manchester United fans. Like, I have – friends who are realistic Manchester United fans, they don't feel like Man U is good. They just feel like everyone else has been kind of like the, the top yeah, four hit is so miss. fluid that like, it's like at any given week, you know, Chelsea could be two or Man U could be two or, you know, I don't know. Everton yeah. could even sneak into the top four. Every it's just, So I, I don't know. I'm just not sold that they are as well drilled as they seem. Whereas Chelsea legitimately have looked good. And when they came into the match, they were on a hot run of form. I felt way more like that's going to be a win for Chelsea rather than I feel like this is just like you don't know what version of Man you're going to get. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. You got anything else, Elijah? Yeah. Uh, and, hey, if you're in Texas, stay safe. I know we got a couple folks out in Texas who listen to this pod. Uh, Two stay Norman safe. Dallas, shout out. Two Norman Houston, shout out. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out all of Texas. Shout yeah. out Merza. Texas. Houston. Texas tune. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. But seriously, stay safe. I know it's crazy times. If you're in the UK, and you don't know what's going on. Just type in Texas on Twitter. I don't know. Like it, it's the Texas internet exists. Storm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like uh, it's crazy. I know there's going to be like another set of winter, crazy frenzy weather that's going to hit uh, Texas and random places fairly soon as well. Also snowing in Saudi Arabia right now. So just Don't if you're any. That. Yeah. Yeah. If you're anywhere on the earth where there's weather, uh, stay safe. Yeah. Stay, <laughs> safe, stay warm. Yeah. Um, that's going to conclude episode 166 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. That's the best damn coast in the land. And weatherman, Elijah Newsom. Let's get three points on Sunday, which is my birthday. 32. Nope. Ripe young 32. Uh, let's get let's get three is points. Is that in dog years? Is that in, in, are you in human years? Dog years. Goat years. Goat years. Goat years. Oh, uh, and then, uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. And boys and lads. Yeah, shout out Chris Bible. Love you guys. Chris Bible's my friend. You just leave all the sense. Hey, he's he's gonna listen to this because I told him to. So I gotta give him a shout out. Newcastle.
If the dog at St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end of the rain, I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're 40 and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I've walked the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how are I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog at St James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing any how we I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the darkest in jail.